0: Economist at Municipal IQ has expressed concern about an increase in service delivery protests just before elections. And she joins us on the line now to tell us more about it. Thank you so much for your time this morning. pleasure. Morning, Fakina. Now, Karen, firstly, looking at what's happening currently, it uh, actually bucks the trend, doesn't it? That we would usually see um, a decrease in service delivery protests before an election.
1: That really is the worry this year, hopefully we'll still see that happen. Um, Normally what we see is that um, because of more engagement with communities around electioneering, we see service delivery protests dropping off. This year does seem to be different and I think your previous interview just highlights just how inflamed some communities are and how um, no amount of consultation seems seems to be helping at the moment. So
0: looking at this year, we know in 2014, we had a spike of 191 and that's the highest number of recorded um, major service delivery protest in a year. Uh, Looking at what's happening this year and given the fact that it's an election year and we're not seeing a decrease in the lead up to that election, what do you think is changing in these communities and the protest action that we are seeing?
1: It's very hard to say. Every every year is quite different. Um, but I think one of one of the key concerns this year is we see the combination of service delivery protests in built-up informal areas, um, places like Sunspread or Orange Farm, as well as protests taking place in far-flung Eastern Cape communities. So there's is sort of these two animals, the one sort of very urban, um, very concentrated, a lot of pressure in terms of living quarters, and then the other very um, underdeveloped rural areas, and we're seeing protests taking place in both of these areas at the same time across the country in most provinces.
0: Karen, I'm looking at uh, the uh, service delivery protest uh, pie chart that you've compiled, looking at the municipal hotspots monitor, Gauteng and the Eastern Cape leading the way here. 26% of these protests um, have happened in Gauteng, uh, 24% in the Eastern Cape. Are you able to uh, decipher that for us further?
1: the Gauteng figure is not unusual um normally we see kauteng accounting for about one quarter of protests every year except for last year we we did see a drop off which was very welcome Um, and i think that's primarily a function of the density the population density of the province if we break down protests per individual per resident, to understand are are you or i more likely to protest as johannesburg residents we actually see um that Gauteng Kaoteng residents aren't an especially sort of um, rebellious bunch protesting. It's, it's really a function of, of population size. So I think that's, that's to be expected to an extent. In the Eastern Cape, though, we did see um, quite a lot of flare-up, ironically, around the launch of the ANC election manifesto last month, where communities were appealing for politicians' attention. And I think we're seeing rising levels of conflict in that province, unfortunately, in both, again, in the metro areas, um, in the two metros there, as well as um, outside in more rural areas.
0: Now, Karen, if we look at the stats over uh, over fourteen thousand protests in the last twenty years, how many of these areas have actually resolved the issues? I think
1: um, you know a lot of protest sites are perennial. So, so we see, unfortunately, especially in, in our cities, we see development taking place. The problem is the pressure, it's a moving target. The pressure keeps on happening. So you may have a particular community that has housing delivered or, or it has basic services delivered. The problem is that there'll often be a community that springs up next door that requires the same. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, it's a combination of... In, in some instances, local government failing to deliver at all, but in most cases, it's local government just struggling to keep up with the demands of, of immigration migration and those pressures.
0: And what are some of the most common issues raised in these areas?
1: Typically, what we see, and, and really for local governments, it's, it's not particularly fair um, because it's not their sole responsibility. Are um, protests around housing, especially in urban areas? Metros do have a responsibility for housing, but it's not with, entirely within their control. So we see housing um, and all the associated basic services with that being demanded. What we see outside, um, and and it will vary, but in summer, in particular, in in some of our more northern provinces, we see demands around. Clean running water, which is unsurprising because you start to see diseases are breaking out in those communities. So we still see basic services um, being demanded. But I think the important issue for us is that in, in the majority of cases, there is a very clear community grievance. So it's not, it's not people taking to the streets simply because they're unhappy, but because they specifically want something from their municipality that isn't being delivered or isn't being delivered adequately.
0: Well, thank you so much, Karen. He's an economist at Municipal IQ. When it comes to balancing your budget, getting to the finish line can be exhausting. With Bayport's My Budget Boost alone, you'll get the boost you need to get to the finish line in great financial shape. Bayport is an authorized financial services and registered credit provider. T's and C's apply. Visit your nearest branch to apply.